Welcome to our Bible study, Beside the Burn. The idea behind this Bible study is that each day we'll take a short passage of scripture, maybe a verse or a couple of verses. We'll look at it for a few moments together. And then by the end of the week, we'll have built them up to have covered a whole passage of scripture together. Each little section is short enough that you can listen to it and then you can contact somebody else and talk to them about what you've learnt that particular day. Maybe arrange with someone that you'll both watch it and then you'll talk about it. Maybe you know somebody who doesn't have internet and each of these little Bible studies is short enough that you could allow them to listen with you on the telephone. You could hold your phone up to the computer and, and play the Bible study. And they can have their Bible open and then together you can have a little chat about it and pray and then meet up the next day again. So beside the burn is the idea that we come beside the refreshing waters of God's word. We listen to what he has to say to us and we look at his word together. So why not join us in this week ahead with beside the burn? Beside the Burn is, of course, taken from the name of our congregation, Burnside. Uh, the Burn is the uh, stream of water in the old Ulster Scots. And Burnside Congregation is beside uh, one of the burns in Port Stewart. It's hard to see the burn now because much of it has been covered over. Uh, but there is a little bit at the end of the mill road that's exposed that you can see. And then it runs out into the sea uh, just beyond where the Edgewater Hotel used to be. And so the burn is a place of refreshment. It's a place of renewing. It's a place of gentleness where you can rest. The burn is where God speaks to us and speaks into our hearts. And so we come beside the burn to seek the Lord and to hear from him. Welcome to our Bible study today based on the 23rd Psalm. Over the next five studies, we're going to look at the Psalm together, a verse at a time, and find out what God has to say to us. The 23rd Psalm is an unusual Psalm because it's appropriate for nearly any occasion. You can read it at a funeral just as well as you can read it at a wedding. And it's a psalm that brings great comfort and great strength to God's people. I think probably that is because it is a personal psalm. Whenever the psalmist is speaking, he's talking about the Lord is my shepherd. And this is important. He's able to speak from his own personal experience. This is how I find God. This is maybe how you will find God as well. And when, although he's speaking personally, he is speaking about the Lord. And you can see here that the word Lord is slightly unusual. It's all in capital letters. And that means that it's the Hebrew word Yahweh, which is the name that God gave to Moses whenever Moses was at the burning bush. You remember God told Moses he was going to lead his people and Moses asked, well, who will I say has called me? Who will I say has told me to do this? And the Lord God said, Yahweh, I am who I am. And so anytime that you see the word Lord in capitals, it's referring to God's special name, I am. 
And so the great I am who called Moses, the great I am who is told about right throughout scripture, the psalmist is saying, is my shepherd. It's personal, this great and mighty God. Recently, I was uh, listening to an interview with Christopher Ash, who has uh, just written a book about the Psalms. And the interviewer was asking about this idea of shepherd and sheep and how it appears throughout the Bible. And the interviewer asked Christopher, do you think that it's possible that God created sheep just to show us what our relationship with him is like? And that's a great idea, isn't it? That the only reason that sheep exist in this world is because God wants to show us what we are like and what he is like as our shepherd. A shepherd cares for the sheep. And as we'll see throughout this psalm, the shepherd looks after the sheep. The shepherd provides for the sheep. The shepherd protects the sheep. And here the psalmist is saying in his own personal testimony, I lack nothing. Nothing does he lack. He has everything that he needs because the shepherd is the one who's providing it for him. And of course, if we have a shepherd who looks after us and who cares for us, we need to remember that we are the sheep. And sheep are very prone to stray and to go the opposite way from what the shepherd wants them to. A couple of years ago, we were on holiday in Wales and we were driving up through the mountains and all of a sudden the traffic came to a stop and some of the farmers were bringing the sheep down from the mountain to their farm. And as they were about to cross the road, there was a little stream and one of the lambs strayed into the stream. The shepherd, without even thinking about it, jumped into the stream to pick the lamb up, to bring it to safety and to take it with the rest of the flock. He didn't stop to think, I'm going to get wet, this is dangerous. He just jumped in and grabbed the lamb and brought it to safety. And that's what our shepherd does for us. We're the sheep, we're prone to stray. But our shepherd is able to jump in and to lift us to safety and to protect us. In John chapter 10, uh, Jesus speaks about being the good shepherd. And he tells us that my sheep know my voice. And so we're to listen for the voice of the shepherd. We're to hear what the shepherd has to say. We are to make our ears attuned to what Jesus says and then obey his commands. So today, take a moment to listen to the shepherd's voice. Take a moment to hear what the shepherd has to say to you. And then thank him that he has provided so much, that even in the midst of lockdown, whenever so much seems to have been taken away, the Lord, our shepherd, provides us with so much that we lack nothing from him. Welcome to the second Bible study from Psalm 23. Today we're going to look at verses 2 and 3. Yesterday, in verse 1, we were introduced to God being our shepherd. And we were looking at our role as sheep and how the shepherd provides for us so that there is nothing that we lack. Today, as we come to verses two and three, we find out what the shepherd does. The shepherd restores our soul. And we find out that there are two main ways that the shepherd is able to restore our soul. 
The first one involves green pastures and the second one involves quiet waters. And so the shepherd leads us and he makes us enjoy these things. In verse 2, he makes me lie down. And that's important that we have to take time in the green pasture. It's there that we're fed. It's there that we find the food that will nourish us and keep us alive. But we've got to take the time to lie down. It's not just enough to walk quickly through the green pasture and enjoy it. Lie down, take time. He also leads us beside the quiet waters. And the quiet water is there to refresh us and to restore us. In the Ulster Scots, the quiet waters are a, a burn. And it's beside the burn that we're calling our Bible study series uh, because of Burnside. And here we come to the quiet water, the little burn that's uh, flowing along. And if we stay beside it, God will refresh us. God will restore us. God will restore our soul, as it says in verse 3. A little mountain stream, a little quiet bit of water is so refreshing on a warm day. Dougal, our West Highland Terrier, teaches me so much about the refreshment that you can find in a quiet stream or in a still rock pool. Whenever we go out for a walk on a warm day, he will take every opportunity that he can find to go into the still water. If there's a pool uh, down on the beach in among the rocks, if there's a little mountain stream, he will head straight for it to cool down. And then he, he's ready for the next part of the journey. Now, he's not so keen on going into the sea where there are waves. He'll do it at a pinch, but the waves are too rough for him. It's the still water that he goes to. And we need to take time in the stillness with God. Allow him to refresh us and to take every opportunity that we can find to have our souls restored so that we are ready for the next part of the journey. It's the shepherd who finds the green pastures. It's the shepherd who finds the quiet waters and makes us lie down and leads us. The next part of verse 3 tells us very clearly that he guides me. It's the shepherd's job. That's why we listen to the shepherd's voice so that he can lead us to these places so that we can be restored. The good shepherd, God, guides us in paths of righteousness. He's not taking us somewhere that's harmful. He's taking us to these places that will help us. He's taking us to these places that will restore us. And so it's important that we listen to what God has to say to us. And he's doing this for his name's sake, so that he is glorified, so that we realise that he is the one who cares for us. If we follow the path of sin instead of the path of righteousness, then we will end up with what is harmful in our lives. But God the shepherd wants only what is good, only what will glorify his name. So today, 
taking these first three verses of the 23rd Psalm, take a moment and see where God is guiding you today. What green pastures does he want you to lie down in? What quiet waters does he want you to be beside? How does he want to restore your soul? How is he going to feed you? How is he going to refresh you? And take a moment and thank him that he is the one who guides. Welcome to the third Bible study from the 23rd Psalm. Uh, today we're going to look together at verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This verse is all about fear and what God does to protect us. We're told here about fear and then everything else fits around God looking after us. Here we see that death casts a frightening shadow over us. There are many things in life that we can fight against. We can fight against pain and suffering and disease. But death is something different. Death casts a long shadow over our lives. It's as though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And so death casts this long shadow over our lives. It's always looming in the distance. But most of the time we can ignore it. But then something happens in our lives and suddenly we feel the chill of death very close. You know, whenever you walk into a shadow, the temperature drops because there's no sunlight there. And so it is with the shadow of death. When death comes close, whenever we face up to death when something happens in our lives then death is there with us ch spurgeon says that nobody is afraid of a shadow he says for a shadow cannot stop a man even for a moment the shadow of a dog cannot bite the shadow of a sword cannot kill the shadow of death cannot destroy and so it's important to realize that as we walk through life we are only facing the shadow of death and therefore we do not need to fear we don't need to fear because death in its substance the sting of death has been taken away and therefore the shadow cannot destroy us whenever you see a shadow it means that there is light and that is something to remember very closely here because the light is jesus christ jesus christ is the light of the world and therefore he comes and he has defeated death through his death on the cross and then his resurrection. And where there was once darkness, 
Jesus brings light. As John puts it in his gospel, in Jesus was life. And that light was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so therefore, this fear will not overtake us. Because Jesus Christ is with us and will not leave us. We may be walking through the most chilling of times with the shadow of death cast upon us, but we will not fear evil because God is with us and he will not leave us. He is the shepherd and that is important to remember. And as a shepherd, he walks with his sheep. wonder what you think of whenever you have that idea of a shepherd in your mind. Do you have a lovely sunny day and a beautiful green meadow? Little fluffy sheep skipping along, following the shepherd, skipping through the flowers. But what we see in this psalm is something that's less than idyllic. We see that the shepherd brings comfort. But he brings comfort not through a beautiful meadow on a sunny day. He brings comfort through his rod and through his staff. These are really weapons that the shepherd uses to protect his sheep. This is how God protects us. He will fight for us. So when a wild animal comes, the shepherd will take the rod and the staff and use them to fend off the wild animal and to keep the sheep safe. This is how David was able to defeat Goliath. He had previous experience with wild animals as he looked after his father's sheep. And the the psalmist sees God at work in the same way. This is not comfort when everything turns out the way that we want. This is comfort whenever we are attacked and whenever we are under pressure and the shepherd looks after us and fights for us and protects us. So today, as you read verse 4 of the 23rd Psalm, take a moment and realise That death is indeed looming over each of us. But then give thanks that it is only the shadow of death that is looming. Remember today a time when your good shepherd has protected you in the past. And then rejoice in the comfort that he brings. Think for a moment or two about the shepherd and how the shepherd brings comfort and how because the shepherd is with us, we will fear no evil. Welcome to the fourth Bible study from the 23rd Psalm. Today we're moving on to verse 5 and we encounter the Lord as a host rather than as a shepherd as we have done In the first four verses. But the same themes continue in the verse 5. Those themes of provision and protection. 
In verse 5 we read, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Here God is preparing a table and he is also anointing a head. We're no longer sheep, but we've been elevated to guests at a meal. We are invited into God's house. And it is he who is making the preparations for this meal. It reminds me very much of John chapter 14. Where Jesus says to the disciples just before he leaves them, My father's house has many rooms. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And again, it's that idea of preparation. And it's God that is doing the preparation. The host at a banquet in the Middle East not only prepared the feast, but they're also expected to protect the guests. And it's the same idea that we looked at in verse 4, where the shepherd uses the rod and the staff to protect the sheep. And so the host offers protection, even though there are enemies who are gathered around. The host prepares a table before me in the presence of enemies. God is the shepherd and the host. He guides us and he protects us throughout life and then brings us into his home, into his house. But then as we move on, we also see that the host anoints the head of the guests with oil. And it is a sign of honour whenever this happens to somebody. You're saying, come into my house, sit at my table, and you will be anointed. And remember whenever Jesus was eating at Simon's home, and the woman came who washed his feet with her tears, and then she dried them with her hair, and then she poured out the expensive perfume on him. And when Jesus was questioned about this, Jesus pointed out that Simon hadn't anointed his head with oil whenever he came in. So it's what you would expect the host to do, to prepare the meal, to anoint the head with oil, to offer protection to the enemies. So when we sit at the table, it is an honour. When we're protected from our enemies, it is an honour. When our heads are anointed, it is an honour. So how do we receive this honour? Well, we receive this honour by accepting the redemption of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And in accepting the forgiveness that he offers us, we are blessed. And we are blessed abundantly. In fact, as verse 5 finishes, our cup overflows. It's not just filled with blessing, but it overflows with blessing. In Psalm 116, the cup is referred to as the cup of salvation. 
it is to be lifted up as we call on the name of the Lord. So today, as you look at verse 5 of the 23rd Psalm, take a moment to receive the blessing of God today. Accept his invitation to sit at his throne. Thank him for his protection. And then lift up the cup of salvation that is overflowing in your heart with his blessing and with his honour. Welcome to the last of our Bible studies in the 23rd Psalm. Throughout the week we have looked at each of the verses together and so today we're going to look at the final verse, verse 6. And as we reach the end of the psalm, having dealt with the weary matters of life and death, so we also come to the end of life in this verse and we come to our final dwelling place. So verse 6, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This final verse shows us what it is that is overflowing from the cup. This final verse shows us what the blessing looks like. Throughout the psalm, we have been told that the blessing is in the green pasture. The blessing is in the still waters. The blessing is in the comfort of the shepherd. The blessing is at the Lord's table. But in verse 6, we find out that the blessing will follow us all the days of our lives. And that blessing that was being spoken about throughout the psalm is goodness and love. Love here is sometimes translated as mercy or also steadfast love. It is God's love for us. It is a love that has been purchased on the cross. Not a sentimental love, but a love that is steadfast. A love that shows God's mercy to us. And it is following us. Eugene Peterson in the message translates this as, Your love will chase after me every day of my life. It's the idea of not being able to escape the love of God. Paul tells us nothing shall separate us from the love of God. We accept Jesus as Saviour and his love is always with us. It follows us. It chases us every day of our lives. But this blessing is not just for the days of our lives. This blessing, as we see, is forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. During lockdown, our home, our house, has become such an important place for us. It is a place that we are stuck in most of the day, but it is also a place of safety, of comfort a place of protection, a place of provision. All things that the psalmist has written about throughout this psalm. And now all of these things are in a new home, 
the house of the Lord. In Psalm 84, the psalmist tells us, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Forever is a long time. We will be forever praising God. Ten weeks of lockdown is long enough for most people. We're ready to to move on. We want to get out. But the Lord's house is such a great place that we will never want to leave. We can stay forever in the house of the Lord. We don't have to leave. So take a moment and go back and reread Psalm 23. What has struck you most about this psalm? That even though the words are very familiar, what new thing has God said to you from these old and familiar words?